Hello and welcome to Beach Got News, the podcast that shines a spotlight on ordinary people with extraordinary missions. This is a podcast focusing on the problems facing our coastal communities and the inspiring people behind the solutions. I'm your host, freelance journalist Charlotte Scotland, and every week I'll be asking a new interviewee what drives them. From Cornwall to Scotland, people have been taking to the sea, quarries, locks and rivers in greater numbers than ever before. According to the Outdoor Swimming Society, the number of people now regularly immersing themselves in water below 15 degrees for the good of their mental health has tripled since 2020. I can wax lyrical about the joy of it as an open water swimmer myself, but one man from North Devon is on a mission to get it socially prescribed on the NHS. Mike Morris founded Chill, a community interest company to make cold water therapy available as a treatment for people with depression, anxiety and clinical stress. Chill now has hubs across the country offering cold water immersion programs. And in this episode, we discuss the benefits, what scientific evidence is out there and his top safety tips for people wanting to try it out for themselves. Mike, as someone who understands the benefits, why do you think we've had this sudden surge in the last few years of people taking to the water? I think that uh, obviously during the pandemic, it was very difficult to do anything else. So they were able to um, go off into the sea or into open water and they were allowed to do it, which mm. was just wonderful. So that was that was a real big starter. I think that people got literally hooked by it, which is a great thing. Um, and I think it's just blossomed from then. And then also, uh, since we've been going in 2020, there has been a lot of information about the benefits mm of cold water swimming. So I think the people are locking into it for their mental health and their, their well-being. You've been advocating for cold water swimming for some time now, but how long has Chill been up and running? Tell us its origin story. Uh, we've been swimming, you know, quite a long time, really, without wetsuits on. And uh, I suppose it happened in about 2018. I run the Exmoor Open Water Swim which is about a thousand people going into the water in Wimbledon Lake. Mm. And we had these ladies coming out of the swim and they weren't wearing wetsuits. And it was driving us mad from a safety perspective because we thought they could be getting cold. <laughs> they were on top of their game. We never had any problem from them. And I said, look, I said, why are you doing this madness? And I said, why don't you wear a wetsuit? And they said, no, you don't understand. It's fantastic. It makes you tingle all over. You sleep better. You just feel better. And uh, and we're doing it for our mental health. So mm -hmm. then I thought, well, what a great idea. So I talked to Dr. Heather Massey and Dr. Mark Harper and other people within cold water research. And they said, yeah, there are some benefits. You've got to be careful, but there are benefits. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be nice to get people in who found it difficult or worrying to get into the sea because it's pretty a pretty mm. mad thing to do and when we started no one was doing it so I thought well let's start this chill thing uh chill therapy and we started it in uh, 2020 and uh there was the obviously the lockdown and because it was a therapy we were able to continue doing it and it's sort of grown from there so we now have hubs all across the UK uh, we've got two in Scotland East Lothian and uh, Perthshire which is fantastic to have them up there Water's very cold, I might add. I bet. Um, 
<laughs> and then we've got uh, uh, littered around England, Worcestershire, uh, Dorset, East Kent, uh, Cornwall, South Devon, obviously here in North Devon, etc. So it really has taken off and hopefully we'll have these hubs all around the UK so that when and hopefully is accepted by the NHS as a treatment, people would be able to go into their doctor and say, I, I don't feel great or go to their social mm. prescriber. I don't feel great. And they come to us that they've got the funding to do so, which isn't happening at the moment. You actually started offering programmes to NHS staff off the back of the pandemic. You've told me before about the profound impact it's had on some of them. Are you, are you able to share some of those anecdotes with us now? There was one lady who was just really burnt out and she was uh, working in the A&E department and she was really you know, tired mm -hmm. and had been affected by COVID. Um, I don't think she actually had got it herself, but she was really burnt out from, from the hours that she put in and obviously uh, you know, the, the stress that she was under. And she wasn't sleeping. She was sick to death of going into work. And she came along and she went in and did these courses and it's over mm -hmm. an eight week period and she even looked different by the end of it her wow. sort of features were happy and um it, it was just remarkable to see she told us that her sleeping patterns had greatly increased and she was able to sleep properly and she felt refreshed she felt invigorated and she said, it's changed my life. And we, we actually have so many people who do this course. And we've even got a tick box at the end saying, has it changed your life? And invariably, they're ticking it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a very, very powerful treatment, but very simple. You're just going in the water and having fun. Mm. So yeah, and there are other stories of people who, you know, they were off work, they got back to work. There was another lady who was taking antidepressants and she was able to halve the amount of prescription tablets that she was taking oh, in brilliant. line with her doctor. Yeah, mm. in line with her doctor. So she didn't just say, I feel great. I'm going to stop them. You obviously can't do that. She went back to a doctor. What do you think? He said, let's try it, reduce it. And uh, she was able to reduce it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been uh, remarkable feedback. And then the NHS... We did some research on the NHS and their well-being was up by about 23%. They felt 23% better, which, wow. which is that's... you know pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good going, isn't it? Especially after everything they've endured through the pandemic. That's pretty awesome figures. Um, I was really fortunate, actually. I really started getting into cold water swimming sort of last winter. And I was, you know, I had a really awesome group of friends. They're brilliant. And they were just as keen and mad as hatters as I am to get in. If it's so amazing, because it does, you kind of get in and you clear your mind and you do have this sense of sort of euphoria and achievement for getting in after. If there's all this evidence that it's so great, why is it not already on the NHS? Why is it something you're having to battle to get as prescribed treatment? I think that it has begun. We here in North Devon are linked in with most of the social prescribers actually in this area. And we are now getting people coming through social prescribing. So it is starting to happen. A lot of doctors here are aware of cold water therapy 
and they're aware of how beautiful our beaches are. And so they are starting to send us people. We, we do have a lot coming through. The problem is that they're coming through without any cash. Mm. So then we have to go. At the end of the day, this is a CIC, it's non-profit making, but we do have to pay coaches and the lifeguards. So it's got to be sustainable. So um, we then have to get our money from different sources. So we have to get it from the NHS paid for their staff to go on it. That was one. Uh, we have Active Devon who have been absolutely uh, superb and and the equivalent uh, like Active Sussex um, and Active Worcestershire, et cetera, and Active Hampshire. So they're, they're all working. We then get funding from them to then do these courses. The problem is that the funding criteria might not meet the person who's coming through the door with us. We put on yet another course and um, everyone had to be over 55. And the young'uns started saying, well, what's the matter with us? <laughs> you know, why, why won't you let mm. us go in? I said, well, you can go in, but you'd have to pay. We can get funding for them as well, but there seems to be more funding just at the moment for over 55s. So it, it's tricky marrying up the people coming through from the social prescribers to the funding that we have. And obviously, what we want is the money to come from the NHS. Now, why doesn't the NHS give us the money or the funding? It's early days is the answer. So we have to come up with the research and back it up with not anecdotal evidence, which is really stunning, like that story I just told you, uh, like the story of the lady who had 20 panic attacks a day that went down to nothing, like this person who was literally in bed because um, that they were grieving for their brother that had died mm. and they couldn't get out of bed. By the end of the course, they were back to work. You know, that's all very, very powerful stuff. But the NHS will listen to how much money is it going to save us? How much better are people going to get, et cetera? Hard facts, which I think is absolutely correct. So what we're doing now is in conjunction with Portsmouth University, we're actually doing uh, our second research. We've done one already in 2020, but this is actually a controlled experiment. So we have a batch of people going in who are depressed and who are taking antidepressants and they're going in and doing cold water therapy. And we're comparing them to a batch of people who are taking the antidepressants and not going in. And then we will be able to have, again, hard facts and be able to tell the NHS um, exactly how beneficial this treatment is the other thing is that it is incredible in our favor it's incredibly cheap so course is under 100 quid and that's eight sessions you know so it's a tenner a pop or a little bit over and that's not even you know comparable to if you went to a counselor that would be 120 pounds a session so you know for one session so it is a very feasible form of treatment. And we have to just convince the NHS that it is worthwhile doing this. And we think we can, and it's a long process. We've also had a question asked in uh, Scottish Parliament saying, why isn't children available on the NHS? Mm -hmm. Which is just fantastic. And we've got another uh, chat with them. So things are starting, but it takes time. And at the end of the day, obviously, the NHS is stretched. So anyone coming along asking for, you know, money or funding to do something, they have to make sure that it is worthwhile. The other final thing is that I like to say is it's preventative. So 
-hmm. if you're not depressed and not anxious and you go regularly swimming, it stays that off. So, you know, it's a a win-win. Oh no. And the final thing I'd like to say, (laughs) (laughs) promise I'll shut up after this, is it's sustainable. So we teach people how to be safe in the water. Mm. So it's an eight week course. And they go into the water and we tell them everything about the tides and the rip currents and um, how to keep warm and what's hypothermia and how to stave off that and all these things. So after eight weeks, they really know what they're doing and they're going to stay safe in the water. So this hundred quid or under a hundred quid, not only is a treatment, but it's an ongoing treatment. So they will carry on doing it. And whenever we go onto the beach, there's always a group of people who've been on a chill course and they still are in their same group and they've become really good friends and as you know that's lovely well it is lovely now just with you with your group of friends it's the group therapy which is really really important with this and they're all standing around uh in a circle doing their um doing their star jumps um and that's how you know it's a chill group because of some weird reason i said let's do some star jumps which i'm sure is very bad for you um but they're all hanging they're all hanging around a big circle in their star jumps and and so it is sustainable and they carry on doing it we do hope that eventually the nhs will fund us they're aware of it because they're giving us funding for their own staff to go on it so they know the benefits yeah so they understand i guess you have to have quantitative data don't you for them to really be able to put money behind it so it's good to hear that actually you're making progress because it's such a shame that it could be available to people, you know, who are maybe missing out because they don't have the cash. Yeah. I was going to ask for your advice, actually, for people who are listening and thinking, oh, maybe this is the year that I give it a go myself. What are your sort of top safety tips? Top safety tips. First of all, it's the wrong time of year to go in. Um, because the water is getting really, really cold. So if there are two sorts of obviously expansive water, you've got the sea, but if you're going into a river or a lake, because it's much less of an expansive water, it could be seven degrees already, and that is way too cold to get in. So the first thing I'd say is start at the a good time of year would be July. So you mm-hmm. start when the water is warm. That's the most, most important. Secondly, make sure you're, you're fit and healthy. And if you're worried, go to your doctor and to make sure that you are able. So that's the first thing. Make sure you're fit and healthy and start at the right time of the year. After that, it is to go with someone else. Mm-hmm. Because if you go in alone and something happens, you're going to be in trouble. Then it's to actually, we do risk assessments. Um, which is all a posh word for looking to make sure the risk is not great. So what you have to do is to go to your beach or go to your area of open water, your lake or whatever it is, and check it out to make sure that you get in okay, you can get out okay. Simple things like you can use your telephone to ring up 999 Mm -hmm. and ask the Coast Guards or, or an ambulance if your friend's in trouble or if you're in trouble. So it's basically doing your own risk assessment. And the best way to do that is to go to a beach and look at all the other mad people who are going in there and and ask them and say, is it safe to go in here? When is it safe to go in? Is it high tide? Is it low tide, et cetera, et cetera? Where are the rip currents? So get the information. Then it's the kit. There are robes around that you can get. If not, you can wear a dressing gown and like a puffer jacket to keep warm. So it's a misnomer that people take all their stuff off 
and then they they say right i'm just getting used to the cold and i'll be all right to get into the cold no don't do that stay as warm as you can until the dreaded moment when you have to take everything off and, and get in so basically make sure you can get back into your gear as soon as you get out and then as air temperature gets lower make sure you've got a hot drink make sure you've got a beanie hat Make sure you can get into your car. If you've got one, really quickly sit in there, warm up. Make sure you're okay before you start to drive off and also have a snack. Then the other thing I'd say, very, very important, is to listen to your body. So when you get in, it's mm. all a bit of a shock. Getting gradually, as we know. Wash your face, hands and whatever. Don't just dive in. And then when you've acclimatized, it should be okay. The trick is to get out when you're feeling really good and you don't want to get out. Mm -hmm. obviously when you get in it's really really cold but once you've been in there for a bit your body temperature will be reducing so what you have to do is you have to get out while the going is good again don't get out and you will feel as you know this almost lightheadedness of god this is wonderful you know it, it's an amazing mm -hmm. amazing feeling your body is tingling you're on top of the world uh, you don't feel cold so then you prance around the beach saying yeah <laughs> great. no you don't no you don't what you do is you put on your gear really quickly put the hood up i don't know about you but i always find that, that when i get out i suddenly my body starts warming up like it feels warm even though it's cold so it's giving you this like false sense of security isn't it and you do you need to to get those socks on and put them under the heater real quick you you really need to get get out get warm quickly and don't prance around because there's there's a thing called um after drop and i don't know whether you're aware of that and that is that your the temperature of your body should be 37 degrees centigrade. And even by the time you, you get to 35, you are then hypothermic. So what happens is that if you go into the water, your body is starting to cool down. Your body is fighting to keep it warm and your, your heart is going like the clappers. You're breathing well and meaningfully and you're doing okay and you get used to it, but actually your body is still cooling down. If you get out, and you're now no longer in the cold water and you're now in your warm clothes, you're still cooling down mm. for a good half an hour. So therefore, that's the reason why you get out while they go. And yeah, and I think actually a lot of people don't fully understand the effects of the after drop. And you do have to make sure that you're safe when you're doing these things, don't you? Because as amazing as they are, you don't want to... Um you know, end up in hospital because you've got hypothermia afterwards. I mean, Mike Tipton, who isn't quite rightly worried by the amount of people who are now going into the water. And I think that if you do it properly and you've got all the right kit, the other thing I'd say is, you know, you've got to wear a hat, really. Not only does it keep you a bit warm, but also if you need to be saved by the RNLI or something like that, they can see you. So a hat is good as well. So, yes, you've got to have the right kit. Um, and it can be dangerous. And the other thing I'd say that if you have very low body fat or if you are suffering from an eating disorder such as anorexia, mm. it might not be a good thing to go in. Again, go and check with your doctor. So if you have you know, little body fat, and that, as one of our coaches, we all have to wear wetsuits because we're in there to mm -hmm. help save people and protect people, whatever. So we've actually got to wear wetsuits. And this chap, whenever he goes in without a wetsuit, he's out within about four minutes. You know, he's so he's really skinny and useless in cold water. <laughs> and, uh, and and you do get you do get people who will always 
not be very good at it. And for those people, I'd say, well, you know, that's a real shame, but it's dangerous to don't do it and do it in the summer uh, mm. when the water is warm and then stop in the winter. So it, you've got to be very, very careful. And the other thing I'd say is that you can, um, one week you can be fine and the next week you're not. And we had a lady just literally, uh, I think it was yesterday actually, she said, I'm not feeling today. And I said, well, you know, perhaps you've got some. She said, yes, I, I've actually got a little infection, a little ear infection. Um, and I said, well, your body's probably fighting that. So mm -hmm. therefore, um, you know, she got out earlier. And so it depends what you've eaten. It depends how you're feeling. And it depends on and also the air temperature as well, as well as the water temperature. Do we know much about the science behind it? Because I get, I often get asked that. We know that it makes you feel good and it gives you this sort of euphoric feeling, which obviously helps with stress. But do we know much about sort of the science behind it when our body is objected to, to that cold? We are uh, doing research in this. So we've done some research with uh, inflammation. So when it comes to anxiety and depression, it's associated with inflammation. So your body is inflamed. So if you go in the cold water, we've worked out that if you go in the cold water regularly, your inflammation goes down because there are markers mm -hmm. in your blood. So I can tell you pretty much 100% that you are less inflamed when you go in the water, which could be a reason why you are less depressed. So that is a fact. Um, this euphoria, and again, we believe that there is almost something released in the brain, mm -hmm. which is actually akin to a high and a lot better than, God forbid, taking cocaine or something like yeah. that. But it's the same. It's the same feeling. You feel really great for a bit. This euphoria that you talk about, and they're saying that that is the cold water stimulates your brain. Now, anything that stimulates your brain like that, and it's natural, in my book, can't be bad. Um, cocaine, bad. Cold <laughs> water, not so bad. So, I really think that 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 is a, a real plus. The other thing which we're looking into and other people are looking into is the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is a nerve that controls a lot of the stuff like the breathing, the heart rate. And for depressed people, their heart rate is actually pretty even. And the vagus nerve is not changing that heart rate in between each beat. Whereas if you get a non-depressed person and their rate is 60, it actually goes up and down all the time because of external stuff going on. So if a bear, unlikely in my situation right now in my home, was suddenly to come on stage right, before the adrenaline kicks in, my heart rate would suddenly go really erratic and start pump up and da da da, -da and all stuff would happen, and that's the vagus nerve. So this cold shock, and remember, we don't really want to shock you. We're getting in gradually, but let's say, let's call it this cold shock or this cold water is actually um, exercising the vagus nerve. So there's research going on whereby if you want to exercise the vagus nerve to get it going properly again, to not be so dull, I suppose, people have tried to give people electric shocks and it does sort of work. Now, electric shocks, not great. Cold water, great. So they're now mm -hmm. doing it with cold water. So people are wearing watches which are looking at the rate of change of your heart rate and they're finding that it's working so again that is pretty conclusive proof that going into the water exercise to the vagus nerve makes you more aware 
of your outside surroundings and then could lead to uh, lessening uh, depression. And uh, yeah, it, it really does work. And there was um, a lady, I was with her in the water and she wasn't that mobile. So we were just standing in the water and then a wave came and took us out. <laughs> she went over, I went over. She got up and I looked at her and again, it was almost like she'd woken up. Oh. And she said, yeah, I got hit by this wave and suddenly the fog had gone. And we get that a lot as well. The fog had gone. Well, mm. is that fog, this shock that then stimulates the vagus nerve and being in nature is going to be good for you? Mm. Uh, group therapy is a very powerful thing. If we went out and played tiddlywinks, not went into the water, but it was a bunch of really nice people. And I haven't been out for a lot because I'm a bit lonely. You probably feel better. I think also with these, these guys who go in and it's so alien to them getting into the water, they forge and it's so scary. They forge very close relationships, which is why mm. it still carries on. So um, I think the group therapy shouldn't be underrated. The other thing I wanted to say was uh, breathing techniques is really, really important. And we practice a lot. And there's a lady uh, called Kerry Ann Payne who um, works with us and she's an Olympic a swimmer when she's teaching people about swimming she'll actually talk to them poolside for ages mm. before they go in about their breathing we do the same so we have breathing exercises where we're all standing around we're just practicing our breathing and doing meaningful breathing techniques and then they start to go into the water and then they go <laughs> as you do because <laughs> of the cold water which yeah. is not helpful which is not helpful so then we say, do you remember what we were doing two seconds ago? Start breathing. So then they slow it down. They try and control their breathing, control their heart rate, get everything sort of normal and even, and then able to go in. And we think that as they're able to overcome this, they take it back into their everyday lives and they use their breathing techniques and because they're able to overcome and enjoy the sea, they can certainly overcome the pain of dealing with their adolescent daughter who's screaming, <laughs> wanting, wanting her uh, time on her computer. So there was a lady again, anecdotally, who, and I think I might've mentioned before, she had, anyway, she had, she had about 20 panic attacks a day. Yeah, yeah. And after the course, she went down to zero panic attacks. And, we think it was that she was able to overcome her fear and not run away from it. And actually, we got her through her panic attacks and they just reduced. And every time that it happened out of the water, she was just remembering what we were saying and she started to breathe. Mm. And so, again, it was very educational. So I think that that is a very sort of physical thing. So there we are. Mike, I can't let you leave without asking you, why do you like it so much? And where is your favourite spot for a dip? I'm not very, I'm like, I'm not as bad as Phil, but I'm pretty <laughs> bad. So we go to a place uh, which is about half a mile of where, where we live here in North Devon, and it's called the Slipway. And uh, we just go in there at high tide because it's so tricky to get in otherwise. I make such a rigmarole of getting in and my <laughs> wife gets straight in and I'm going, eh. and she says, you know, you're, you're meant to be this 
cold water. I'm certainly not a cold water guru, but you're meant to be doing this chill stuff. And you, I said, yeah, but I've got my wetsuit on the whole time. <laughs> so, so for me to get in, um, yeah, it, it's cold, but yeah, it's a slipway. It's really beautiful. Um, you can swim out to the sea and then get the rough and tumble, or you can stay in the slipway area and just go up and and, and it's really, really beautiful. Well, I'm so, really, really glad that you find it cold as well. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I lack that motivation to get in and it does. Yeah. You just feel like, anticipate how cold it's going to be. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's something, some people are good at it and some people are not so good at it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just ignore my wife and I get in <laughs> in my own time, and uh, there we are. Thank you for tuning in to Beach Got News. If you enjoyed this episode, then please let us know by rating, sharing, and subscribing. And don't forget to join us next week where we sink our teeth into another Coastline Conversation.